0: Hi everyone. Afternoon. Hi. Um, nice to see you. See you nice. Uh, so, this is, yeah, as Linda says, the final week of our emotionally healthy church series. Um, and where for many of us this has been quite impactful, I've heard lots of really good things. My small group have loved it, it's been very, very encouraging. Um, but also heard from a number of people large enough to give it consideration that for a lot of people this has actually been quite hard. Um, Things have been dredged up um, that perhaps you weren't aware of or would you would have preferred to be less aware of. Um, You've looked beneath the surface and perhaps wished that you maybe hadn't. And um, just an invitation, if you would like to talk to someone about any of the things that we've spoken about, over the last six weeks, myself, Sharon, Linda, and also small group leaders. Um, well, I can't speak to the small group leaders, they're really nice, so you can speak to them. But Linda, Sharon, or I will take you out for coffee <laughs> if, if you would like to talk through anything from this series. I, um, over the past couple of years, have been in a journey of counselling with the same therapist for two years, and I found that extraordinarily helpful. And it's touched on a lot of the things that um, we've spoken about over the past six weeks in an emotionally healthy church. And that might be the appropriate next step for you, and also with a hope that, as a church, we would be um, the kind of community where these things can be explored in a, in a safe way. So uh, today, as Lindis mentioned, I, I need to be brief as we, some of us are going to be heading over to Life Church. Uh, the service planning team was sitting around on Monday and uh, the cry went up um, Who can speak succinctly on such an expansive topic? And I said, Here am I. Send me. And the cry went up again Lord! Is there another person (laughs) other than Nathaniel who has a better track record at timekeeping (laughs) and historically has not been carried away? (laughs) Uh, But the rotor had spoken and uh, I will try my best. So um, the title today is Make Incarnation Your Model for Loving Well. Make Incarnation Your Model for Loving Well incarnation to be made flesh and bone as the message translation puts it uh, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood we saw the glory with our own eyes the one-of-a-kind glory like father like son generous inside and out true from start to finish pete scazzaro at the beginning of the chapter of this book he tells a story of a little girl In her bedroom, having a night terror, uh, scared about that there might be monsters in the darkness around her bed. And her mother comes into her room and she comforts her by saying, "Uh, Sweetheart, uh, Jesus is here with you. You don't need to be scared. And the little girl replies, "Uh, Mommy, I could do with someone with skin on. Yeah. To make incarnation your model for loving well is To seek to love those around you as if we were God with skin on. As if we could love people as Jesus loved. Can you really love someone without entering into their world? Can you love someone without doing the work of understanding what life is like for them? That proverb to walk a mile in someone else's shoes. I'm going to read a Bible passage in a moment, but before we do, I want to share what Pete Pete Scazzaro, who opens this chapter by talking about Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King has organized a march through the streets of Birmingham, Alabama, Birmingham, Birmingham, where I come from, to protest segregation and racism against African Americans. And at the last moment, the local sheriff gains an injunction to make the march illegal, but Martin and his friends decide to march anyway and many of them, including Ma- Martin, end up in Birmingham jail. And he wakes up the next morning in his prison cell and is handed a newspaper, which contains an open letter written by a number of ministers and a rabbi, essentially saying that Martin is being too extreme, that progress is being made, but it is slow, And Martin and his like need to be more patient. They need to wait. And Martin Luther King responds like this. I'm going to quote this part of the letter from Birmingham jail uh, at length. I guess it is easy for those who have never felt the stinging darts of segregation to say, wait. But when you have seen the bishops' mobs lynch your mothers and fathers at will and drown your sisters and brothers at whim, When you have seen hate-filled policemen curse, kick, brutalize, and even kill your black brothers and sisters with impunity. When you see the vast majority of your 20 million black brothers smothering in an airtight cage of poverty in the midst of an affluent society. When you suddenly find your tongue twisted and your speech stammering as you seek to explain to your six-year-old daughter why she can't go to the public amusement park that has just been advertised on television, and see tears welling up in her little eyes when she is told that Funtown is closed to colored children, and see the depressing clouds of inferiority begin in her little mental sky, and see her begin to distort her little personality by unconsciously developing bitterness towards white people. When you take a cross-country drive and find it necessary to sleep, night after night in the uncomfortable corners of your automobile because no motel will accept you when you are humiliated day in and day out by nagging signs reading white men and colored when you when your first name becomes that n-word and your middle name becomes boy however old you are and when your wife and mother are never given the respected title of mrs when you are harried by day and haunted by night by the fact you are black, living constantly at tiptoe stance, never quite knowing what to expect next, and plagued with inner fears and outer resentments. When you are forever fighting a deterrent sense, then stand difficult. These ministers had failed to incarnate themselves in the reality of Mark and his sins and his struggle. They couldn't live well because they hadn't done the work of walking a mile in their shoes. I'm going to invite Eleanor up, who's going to read uh, a portion of scripture which talks about the incarnation of Jesus, how he, he is God with skin on. So let, let's stand together for the, the reading of God's word. You should take the white one, Eleanor. And anyone you can get. Yeah.
1: In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through all things. I'm struggling a bit, to see this really? What I need to oh, it's do is it's the light's just, in my it's, it's on here. Might be easier here. Yeah, yeah it's easier. So here we are. Um, yeah. Through all things, through, all, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and life was the light of all mankind. It shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gives the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. For the law has given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. This
0: is the word of the Lord. Speak to God. You may be seated. Thanks, Elena. Jesus is, Jesus is God with skin on. Uh, John the Apostle described himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. He described himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Uh, and I don't think this is because he was saying I was his favorite. <laughs> um, but because he was talking about his own experience of Jesus John was saying, I don't know what it was like for anyone else, but I know that he loved me, that he saw me and understood me and heard me. When was the last time you felt loved by someone else? Do you know the film Avatar, where they say, I see you? The last time someone you felt really saw you and understood you, heard you? I'm going to ask you to turn to the person next to you twos and threes and and, and talk about it. when was the last time someone did that for you uh, so let's um we have a couple of minutes and uh share with those around you when was the last time you really felt seen and heard and loved understood how about you sophie when was the last time you uh... yeah yeah bring you back Pete Scazzaro he quotes this guy David Augsburger being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person they are almost indistinguishable being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person they are almost indistinguishable the only way we can love someone like Jesus is to enter their world just like Jesus did. Uh, you might have special friends in your life or family members who love you like this. And I, I have a few people who I could think of, but um, the, the first person that jumps to my mind, there's only, there can only be one, it's my friend Aaron Aurora, uh, he, when he speaks to me, it's like I'm the only person in the world at that moment. It's extraordinary. I really crave time talking with Aaron. But it's not just with me. I've seen him do it with people in restaurants and coffee shops. He's done it with people, members of my, my own family, where he's, he's listening to their story, he's asking questions. He's loving them. I'm, it actually is a bit like watching someone use a superpower. Um, and uh, I often think, I want to be like that. I want to be like that, so present, so attentive. Um, he inspires me in those moments to be more like Jesus. I was um, listening this week to a Diary of a CEO podcast. Any Stephen Bartlett fans here? Anyone? There's a couple. Yeah, great. Um, and it was with uh, Jordan Peterson, and it was all about how we love each other. And so interestingly, I was thinking earlier, I think the title of this podcast could have been Make Incarnation Your Model for Loving Well. Uh, and it would have still worked perfectly, um, and talking about how we listen to one another. Only if it were, I don't think people would have listened to it. Um, and Jordan Peterson, in this podcast, he said, Attention is synonymous with love. Tension is synonymous with love. And, and most of the podcast, as I've said, is all about how we can listen to each other and also why we're not very good at listening to each other. I, I would highly recommend this. How good a listener are you? How good a listener are you? If you were to ask your closest friend or work colleague or your, your wife or your husband, person you live with, how, what would they say about you as a listener? We're, we're going to go through a checklist. And there's, there's 15 things on this checklist. And uh, I want you to count on your fingers ones that you are. I'll read them out. So, um, and, and there's 15. But from my own experience, you probably won't run out of fingers. So 10 is probably, <laughs> probably good enough. So, but, but think, think it, if that is you. Don't, don't be too modest. Um, but saying, yeah, yeah, I think that is me. Then, then just put a, 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 a number on. And we're not, we're not gonna. I'm not gonna name and shame any of the low numbers. We're not going to start from the bottom and work our way up. <laughs> I make a great effort to enter other people's experience of life. So if that's you, put a, put a digit up. Um, I do not presume to know what the other person is trying to communicate. My close friends would say, I listen more than I speak. When people are angry with me, I am able to listen to their side without getting upset. People share freely with me because they know I listen well. I listen not only to what people say, but also for their non-verbal cues, body language, tone of voice, and the like. I give people because my thing not working because of the next slides would be great I give people my undivided attention when they are talking to me eight I am able to reflect back and validate another person's feeling with empathy I am aware of my primary de- defensive mechanisms when I am under stress, such as placating, blaming, problem-solving prematurely, or becoming distracted. Ten, I am aware of... I am aware how the family in which I was raised has influenced my present listening style. Eleven, I ask for clarification when I am not clear on something another person is saying, rather than attempt to fill in the blanks. Twelve... I never assume something especially negative unless it is clearly stated by the person speaking. 13, I ask questions when listening rather than mind read or make assumptions. 14, I don't interrupt or listen for openings to get my point across when another person is speaking. I. 15, I am aware when I am listening of my own personal hot buttons that cause me to get angry, upset fearful or nervous. So, Pete Scazzaro says, if you, if you have 12 of your 10 fingers up, <laughs> you are an outstanding listener. Do you have any outstanding listeners here? I'm not going to name any as we go further down. Do you have any outstanding listeners? If they are, they are too humble or they're too afraid of being invited out or, or, or being used as a free therapist. <laughs> um, um, 8 to 11, you're very good. Very good listener. Five to seven, you're a good listener. Four or fewer, he just says, you are in trouble. (laughs) This chapter contains lots of really helpful ways that we can listen well. Uh, Pete Scazzaro has said, Learning to listen to make incarnation your model for loving well has not only saved his marriage, but transformed his church. Everyone is doing the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality course in small groups will get to a much more in-depth session on this in the coming weeks. And maybe those who are doing Alpha, maybe you might do this in the coming weeks and months in the small groups. Um, but for now, I want to end by sharing a quote from the chapter. When is the last time someone said to you, let me tell you about those Christians? They are fantastic listeners. I have never seen a group of people more interested to know my world, curious, asking questions, listening to me. We have a gospel to proclaim to the world. But like Jesus, can we proclaim if before we've not listened and in so doing not loved, not even able to love? A prayer that I pray most days before I finish my quiet time is, Lord, let me be a flame of love for you today. Lord, let me be a flame of love for you today. I'm going to uh, finish now. If the band could get up, uh, let's stand. We're going to pray this special, uh, it's a collect prayer, collecting prayer, um, in one of the Sundays in the Church of England's calendar. So let's stand. and. (laughs) It's not today. (laughs) Um, Let's pray this together. Perhaps um, let's put our hands out uh, in receiving. Lord, let me be a flame of love for you. Lord, help us be people that listen well, who are curious about people's lives, who who attempt to walk a mile in uh, other people's shoes. Let's pray this. Lord, you have taught us that all our doings without love are nothing worth. Send your Holy Spirit and pour into our hearts that most excellent gift of love, the true bond of peace and of all virtues, without which whoever lives is counted dead before you. Grant this for your only Son, Jesus Christ's sake, who is alive and reigns with you, In the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.